0: Pine Level Pentecost Women's Church Incorporated, copyright 2023. Today's message from our senior pastor of God's Unlikely Hero, part number two. We'll start off
1: with the Pine Level Pentecost Williams Church Choir and the praise team. Come on and praise the Lord. Come on and praise the Lord, all ye people. Come on and shout His praises to proclaim.
0: and his name is nothing but amazing grace for each one of us. Amen.
2: I look at the morning paper there on the very front page. Hate and crime, another big scandal. Who will it be today? As prices rise and morals decline, falls to an all time low. Everything looks bad, it could make me real sad if it wasn't for the things I know. 24 hours a day It can't be told in 30 short minutes Is there never any unsolved case But there's another big scene Waiting in the wings Soon the headlines will unfold While the world is fried And I'm so enlightened By the things in the book I know
3: Thomas might not have felt good last Sunday, but he feels good today, don't he? Yeah. Good to see you, bud. Got you you fellas backing you up. I'm so glad they could get out of prison for just being be with us today. It's wonderful. (laughs) Amen. Did y'all see my wisdom I put on Facebook this morning? Stop thinking that you're ugly. Stop it. You are, but stop thinking about it. I'm trying to help people. That's Farrell Hardison, chapter 7, verse (laughs) 3. Man, look at the crowd this morning. Y'all ain't supposed to be here in the summertime. Look at you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate it. Brother Barr, so good to see you and... Your lovely granddaughter over there with us and uh, Miss Betty is uh, Brother Ernest. Brother Ernest, will you just wave your hand let everybody just see her. That's Brother Ernest Barr. His precious wife is normally with him when she feels like it, but she's not feeling good this morning. We want God to touch her. We're believing God to touch her and bless you as well and strengthen you in your body as you bless her and serve her. Ida, how you doing, girl? Good to see you back there. We sure did miss you, but you're back and feeling stronger, and we're glad about that. Miss Carol Rogers texted me this morning, told me she was traveling today a little bit, uh, going to see her son, and I love what she told me. She said, my phone's tore up, and I need him to fix it. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all know we need young people to fix our computer stuff? That's right. I noticed Brother Jerry's not here today. We're praying for Brother Jerry, but good to see you, Miss Francis. God bless you. Good to see you, Brother Max. Already mentioned that, but well, we're just glad y'all were here. I want you to—I want you to be here at church for two purposes. I want you to come be a blessing. I'm gonna say it again because I know y'all didn't hear me. That little—that little child right over there heard me. Did you see, hear that? Amen. I want you to come to church to be a blessing and come church, come to church expecting a blessing. Amen? Be a blessing to somebody. Be a blessing to somebody. You know, if you'll just ask the Lord for discernment, He'll kind of guide you and show you who needs a maybe a little pat on the back, a little hug, a little encouraging word. Let's be that kind of church. Let's be the kind of church that... You bless others because you know what? When you bless others, you're sowing a seed. And when you sow a seed, you're going to reap a harvest. So let's be a blessing to others and let others be a blessing to us. And most of all, above all things, the Lord be a blessing to us. But again, we can bless him with our praises and our worship and our singing. Amen. The reason to be here today. And we thank you all for it. Thank you for your giving. Y'all are doing good, and we just ask you to continue to give. Our church, uh, you know, I don't know how it is at your house, but I know how it is at my house. Do y'all have everything break at the same time? (laughs) See, buddy, I thought I was the only one. So I'm thinking maybe a majority of people, it just feels like what's going to break next? You know, what's going to fall off? You're scared to touch the doorknob because you're scared it's going to fall off um it's kind of happening at the church right now air conditioning a lot of other things and when you all are faithful in your giving it's such a help it's such a blessing and we thank you for that we thank you for that and brother mac was mentioning earlier about maybe building a team of people who can help him uh, brother mac's been doing a lot of things that he needs uh, assistance with i don't know if y'all noticed it but brother mac's really getting old. And we need to help him, amen? Uh, hey, us young people need to be a blessing to Brother Mac, don't we? Amen, amen. James clapped on that one. <laughs> so let's do, let's, uh, some of you men and even you ladies as well, uh, there's some things you can help with. Just see Brother Mac about it, and uh, he'll show you what to do and how to do it, and it'll be a great blessing. Uh, what What do they say? Um, Many hands makes light work. Is that, is, what, is that the same? Yeah, so, so uh, let's do that. Let's all do our part, and then nobody will have a real heavy load. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for your many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for how you bless us so at this time in the worship service, we can bless you. And we uh, can give. And uh, you haven't required much of us, Lord, a very small percentage of all you've poured in us. And then you told us if we would give that little bitty percentage, that you'd bless us back more than we could contain. So that's a pretty good deal, Lord. Thank you for it. We ask you to bless every penny we receive today that we will only use it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs)
4: trust in you, let the weak say I am strong in the strength. stand you, let the weak say I am strong in the strength of the Lord.
3: So powerful. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Love that. I hope you were listening to those words and will let that be a blessing to you. I want all my Royal Rangers up here. I want all my Royal Ranger leaders up here. I want all my gyms up here. All my Gems leaders. I want you to come on up here. We've got some criticisms we want to tell you all about, aren't <laughs> you? Come on up here, boys. Come on up. Come on up to the next level. I'll let you get up here on the, on my level. How about that? Come on up. I want everybody on the floor to get up here on the stage right now. I tried to be nice. I tried. What well, you think about um, these young folks? And these aren't all of them. We have more. We have some that come from other churches on Wednesday night. And, and uh, uh, just I appreciate Jamie Martinez. And I appreciate her, her team, her helpers uh, that are here. And I'll let them introduce their the people who are helping them. And uh, I, I appreciate my brother, Scotty Hayes. And behind every good man is a what? Better woman. And where is she at? Where is she? There she is. We know it's all you, really. We just let him up on the stage. Um, But I love you guys. Thank you for what you're doing on Wednesday night. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to let the girls go first. Jamie, tell us what's going on with our kids. Introduce your your, uh, assistant there.
0: Um, I'm Jamie Martinez, and this is Emma Davis. And we've been um, teaching the GEMS program. And GEMS stands for Girls Everywhere Meeting the Savior. Um, and these are my daughters, Ava and Marilyn Martinez. And we have some other girls, like he said, that come on Wednesday nights from other churches that couldn't be here this morning. But we just wanted to recognize them and um, give them a little certificate and have them say our Bible verse. Um, the certificate says, we hereby thank," and Ava and Marilyn both have one, for coming to our gym's class every Wednesday and for learning our main Bible verse. So I'm going to let them tell you guys our Bible verse.
4: What great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called
0: children of God and that is what we are. John 3,
2: 1.
3: Amen. You're welcome to say more. You good? Y'all want to sing? Y'all want to sing a song? I know these two would. She looked at her mom like I will. I'm ready. And over on this side, all our men, and we got some some of our students, our teenagers down there that are helping with this ministry and also involved in it. I'll let you tell the story, Scotty.
0: First, I want to thank the church. Uh, what a blessing it is to have to be able to work with these young men. Uh, thank God. Uh, when we first started this out, we 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 were abundantly blessed by the church. The church gave to us. That we were able to buy these shirts and books for everybody, and, and it covered every bit of it. We've still got some extra shirts. So if you know any kids that want to come and be with us, we'd love to have them. Uh, I've got some leaders that didn't come up here, uh, but I want to thank my, um, myself Ashley Woodard. We've been working with the younger kids at Marquise. He's not here tonight. Um, You've got Marcus Vanderham. Um, Noah Hayes is not here today. Eddie has been working with us. Um, and these guys, we've had a, a, quite a few guys coming when they could. But we are so thankful, so blessed to have your kids and let them come and be with us. Um, we'd like to thank Pastor Farrell and, and Pastor Brian. They've been a huge help to us. Without without the pastors, we, we could not have got this thing going. So we're, we're, we're blessed. Um, in our younger group, uh, we've had three. These guys right here have been faithful. How many know it's important to be, to be here? Yes. Um, we've had some more to come uh, on and off. We've had up to six in our class. But... Um, these three guys have been faithful. And I did not print out an attendance award, but these guys actually got a perfect attendance. Um, what I do have... <laughs> what I do have is I have a Bible merit. For every six lessons we do, we get a Bible merit. And um, we've been working hard on learning the books of the Bible, so we, we haven't done lessons every night, but we've some of these guys have uh, almost got all the, the Old Testament down. Does either one of y'all want to try it? You want to try He
4: almost
0: knows it all. He may get some out of order, and he may miss a few, but he, he's he's close.
4: Genesis, Exodus, forbid the kids, numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, so proper. Ecclesiastes, of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Repent, Rema is Daniel Isaiah Joe Amos Obadiah John Michael Neha. Habakkuk H. 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 H.
0: Malachiah you wanna try? No? You wanna try? All right, we got one more wanna try.
4: Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second chronicles.
0: We're working on it. We're we're getting there. We're getting there. So so tonight, they're, today they're getting their first uh, merit badge, say Bible merit, and we're going to, I think the younger kids have talked about, we want to do flags, we want to make a staff with a flag, I think the older kids maybe do vests, we're thinking these guys are going to outgrow the vests, so we're going we're to skip the vests until the next age group so that we can carry them on up with them. So Landon league, you uh, received your first Bible merit. Landon Hayes, you get a first Bible man. And Emery Hayes, you also get a
1: first Bible. Right, thank you. Uh, hello, my name is Marcus Vanderhelm. I've been uh, teaching these these guys here, the older group. Um, not all of them are here, but these guys have been coming most every every Wednesday. Um, And they've all been given roles. Um, Hold that for a second. So we we have a structure um, where we have a a leader, and then they all have assistant leader and and, um, different job titles underneath of them. Um, Samuel Evans was our patrol leader, but he graduated up... um, since he's now 18, he's now senior patrol leader. So that left the vacancy, and they voted um, for the next patrol leader, who is Michael Lee Sherman. And Michael chose his assistant patrol leader, Uh, Drake Vanderhelm, and we have uh, one of our our guys here, he's our spirit leader, Aaron Taylor. We also have uh, merits that we give to those who have completed the requirements, and there's Quite a bit of requirements to get these badges. So every every Wednesday we do a Bible study, um, and you have a, you have to complete a, a series of questions every week. And when you get five lessons, you get a badge. We've gone through two of the of the uh, Bible merits so far. And um, Samuel Evans got uh, one for the first Bible and the second Bible merit. <clears throat> um, so, continuing on, um, Bible, uh, one Bible merit and two Bible merits for Michael Lee Sherman. <clears throat> we also had skill merits and the first skill merit we did was rope craft and Michael Lee Sherman completed that (laughs) our second skill merit was a insect study and Michael Sherman (laughs) completed that so in completing these merits um, you have a advancement system that we're going on, along. And Michael Lee Sherman was able to reach White Falcon. <laughs> and also Red Falcon. I think they've all done a great job. I, cont- I look forward to continuing to work with them. Amen. Thank you.
3: Give these leaders and these young people a big hand. One more time. Great big hand now. Thank you. Thank you so much. You. I know there's a chick magnet award those guys were hoping to get. <laughs> Maybe next time, boys. Maybe next time. <laughs> All righty. All the kids who were... Um, Gonna usually go to kids' church. If you uh, waited, like Brother Mac told you, to see this, you can go now. And any of you um, adults who get more out of kids' church and you do my sermon, you're welcome to if you want to. All righty, we are in a sermon series. This is the second sermon. We uh, laid some groundwork last week. We're talking about God's unlikely. Hero, God's unlikely hero. And we'll talk about uh, him in the Old Testament, the man Gideon. We'll be getting in that over the next few Sundays. One of the most powerful stories in the Bible. And uh, most of it will just go verse by verse and look at uh, the life of Gideon and see how he was really somebody we probably would never have chosen uh, to be used by God. But he was greatly used by God. And um, we're going to see how that happened to him because we want to see how God can use us. How God could look at our life, look at the talents, the gifts, the opportunities he's given us, and how we can use those to the maximum. There's a lot of work to do before the rapture. The rapture could be in just a moment. The rapture could be tonight. The rapture could be tomorrow. The catching away of the saints, it will come uh, quickly, it will come, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. So we uh, see all around us, we actually sung about it this morning. The choir sung about it in that second song. All the things that are going on in our culture that let us know as Christians, because we've studied the Bible, that we're close to the end. We're close to the end. And there is much, much work to do. And if you are a Christian, God has a work for you. God has a calling on your life. And what we're looking at in this series is the kind of people God uses. The kind of people God chooses. The best place to see that is in the Bible. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and let's read verses 26 through 31. We read this last Sunday, but it won't hurt us a Again, or hurt us to go through it again, and I want you to think about this in terms of yourself, or in terms of people you know and love who maybe uh, have a very low confidence level. Maybe they uh, think very little of themselves, and uh, maybe you have children who battle with that, or or you have people that you work with who battle with that. And we want you to see in the Word of God that. Uh, we all have a place in the kingdom. doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter uh, how weak we might think we are or how uh, we might be uh, without knowledge. Maybe you didn't get a high education. Maybe you didn't even finish high school. And so you think you're not one of God's useful servants. And the scripture we're about to read is just going to wipe all that away because you're the very kind of person God's looking for. Look what it says. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, the first letter, first chapter, of course. Paul says, for you see, and, and uh, that word see means I want you to consider, Paul is saying there. I want you to think about something. He said, you, you consider, you think about your calling, brethren. And, if, and Paul is saying if you'll take notice, you'll find that not many wise according to the flesh. In other words, not God wise, but he's talking about worldly wise according to the flesh. He says not many worldly wise people, not many worldly mighty people, and not many noble people that society would recognize are called. In other words, he's saying there, he's saying, you know, God doesn't call. It doesn't say he doesn't ever. He says not many. Did you notice that? He says not many of them are called. He didn't say not any. So we know God does use very brilliant people. uh, But the Bible says most of the time, God does his greatest work through those who are not of noble status, who are not uh, royalty, who are not high up in our society. God doesn't usually choose them. God doesn't usually pick them. Not many of them are picked. Not many mighty or noble or wise people are picked. And then in verse 27, he gets right to the point. He says, but God has chosen, God has chosen the weak thing. How many are happy about that? I'm happy he chooses weak things. Amen? Y'all looked at me like I was the only weak thing in here. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. In other words, God chooses people like me and you so that when he does something great, it puts to shame those who thought they were above us in the pecking order or in the flow chart. He said, God goes down the flowchart. Look at verse 28. He says, uh, and the base, that word base means lowly people or insignificant people. When you really study that word base, it could mean uh, people who uh, have lived a very rough life, a very sinful life, who have kind of been down at the bottom of the gutter. Um, he says, God chooses those people. Those lowly, insignificant people. The base things of the world. And, and he says God also chooses things which are despised. Things which the world looks at. Things which society looks at. People which even in your own community or even your own family despise uh, you. The Bible says God has chosen those people. They're, they're the ones he's picked. They're the ones he wants to use. And then he said, "And uh, the things which are not." And that's a that's a really good study right there. And I'm not going to get deep into that, but he's saying there, have you ever have you ever um, seen people that? Uh, uh, even in a social setting, if you didn't hunt them out and find them, you'd think they weren't there. I mean, they're just very, very quiet, and, and maybe they have an inferiority complex, and so they don't really ever say anything or ever put themselves out front or, or, or uh, want to talk to probably more than one person at a time. It's almost like they don't exist. It's almost like they don't exist. One of the things I, I did find interesting when I was studying, and I would encourage you to study it as well. Over in India, they have what's called a caste system. And uh, they have people over in India categorized lower than animals. Human beings lower than animals. And uh, of course we know that's not of God. But, but we are bad for uh, categorizing people. And putting people uh, uh, on the totem pole at a certain level or in the flow chart at a certain level or thinking this person's better than most people. And I got a feeling God's list looks a lot different than our list. And that's what he's saying right here. He says God chooses those which are not. God chooses those which if you didn't know better you think that He didn't even exist. He said and here's what he chooses them for. <coughs> he chooses them... To bring to nothing the things that are. In other words, he he uses them to do great and mighty things. And the reason he picks people like Pharaoh Hardison and others is because he doesn't want man to get any glory. He doesn't want the flesh, the world to get any glory. God wants all the glory. Amen? And God deserves all the glory. He deserves it. So he says, the reason he chooses people like me and you and maybe some others is because he wants no flesh, no humanity to glory in his presence. When you think about the people Jesus selected to be the disciples, when you think about the people God through Jesus' life on the earth and through the book of Acts, it's revealed the ones that Uh, rose to be the apostles, the ones who would lead that early church. Uh, If you study them, you will find that they were not chosen because there was anything outstanding about them. They were not chosen because of their great abilities or talents. Study them. Study them. You'll find that they were not known for those things. They were Galileans. And Galileans were considered low class they were considered rural people. I don't think anything wrong with rural people. I, I'm, I'm a country boy, redneck, glad of it. Amen. Who's out there with me? Amen. Amen. Some of y'all are rednecks. You didn't raise your hand. <clears throat> but they were chosen, uh, God chose them because they were not learned. They were not educated. Now, if you're educated, I'm not putting down your education. I got a college degree too. Everybody's still amazed. But I will tell you that God chooses the unlearned. God chooses the ignorant. I remember uh, telling my, grandpa, my grandfather telling me that he quit school in the third grade. And I said, great daddy, why did you quit school in the third grade? He said, because the teacher asked me to spell the word key... And I told her it was K-E-Y. And she said, no, that's not right. It's not K-E-Y. He said, yes, it is. Right there it is, K-E-Y. And he said she would not agree with him that the word key was spelled K-E-Y. So he quit school. So back in the day, there were a lot of people back in the day, and especially in farming days when people quit school really early. And they went... To farm or or they went on maybe to the military or or whatever in a lot of cases. Uh, But they weren't learned people. They were commoners, these disciples, these apostles. If you will, they were nobodies. They were really nobodies. But these nobodies would become the outstanding leaders of that struggling baby church that was born in the book of Acts. Brother Max teaching us that on Wednesday nights about the birth of the church. And uh, if you'll study the people who led that and and helped uh, form that and and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in in creating that early church, you'll find that they were a lot of them were nobodies. They were nobodies. They were rejected people. And in this sermon series, we're going to focus again on an Old Testament hero named Gideon. And the story of Gideon. The first thing we want to Uh, emphasize, which we've already emphasized, is that God uses ordinary people. God uses ordinary people. As a matter of fact, God chooses them specifically. Paul said it. He said, God will choose ordinary people above what the world considers to be special people. And I think we need to get that truth in us. Because I think there are people sitting here right now under the sound of my voice who probably battle with that. You struggle with that. You think God can't use you. You think think God can't do great and mighty things through you. And I hope when this series is over that you will have changed your thoughts and changed your mind on that. One writer said, one Bible commentator that I was studying said, God chooses ordinary people to do extraordinary things for the glory of God. That's it right there. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm preaching on. Now, if you go back to the book of Judges, in the Old Testament, the book of Judges, and, and these boys, i got to tell you, I, I, if he'd stuck a microphone in my face to name all the books of the Bible, I wouldn't have got as far as they did. I started to call Brother James up here. He's a deacon. I knew he could say all the books of the Bible. I started to call him up here and show them boys how to do it. <laughs> But um, uh, as we go to the Old Testament, book of Judges, i got to tell you, the book of Judges has a couple of real characters, real Bible stars. Gideon's one of them. Samson's one of them. Um, uh, it, that's in the book of Judges. But I'll tell you what, the book of Judges was a dark time. It was a dark time in the history of Israel. It was a dark time in ancient history. Uh, Very, very troubled times for Israel. The devil was going around uh, just uh, seeking whom he may devour, and he was having a lot of success in the book of Judges. It seemed that the people of God were uh, waving a white flag of surrender in the book of Judges. One Bible commentator said about the book of Judges, uh, they were no longer singing onward Christian soldier, they were singing hold the fort hold the fort till Jesus comes. We see a lot of that attitude even in our day. And I'm a, I'll tell you something. I'm burdened about it. I, I just want you all to know personally, I'm burdened about it. As a church, and I'm not just talking about us, but I mean the church, we need to be doing more in these last days. We need to be making a bigger impact in these last days. And sometimes when I look around, I feel like, we've kind of fallen into this uh, same attitude and mindset that was existing in the book of Judges. God forbid that that would happen. Uh, we, We might not have gotten out and said it out loud, but evidence reveals that a lot of Christians today think we can no longer expect to see God move like we've heard that He moved or like we've seen Him move. It's almost like that mindset has creeped into the church and, and, and we're just not going to see that happen anymore. And, and what we need to do is just hi, find a hole somewhere and hide till the Lord comes. And I want to tell you that is not a mindset you'll find in the Bible. That is not a scripture you'll find in the Bible and God's calling me out and God's calling you out saying I, this is God talking, God saying I want to do great things through you Pharaoh Harness. and I want to do great things through the pine level Pentecostal Holiness in this church if y'all will just let me do it. Amen. It's getting quiet in here. If you will seek me, if you will pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. And I will heal, heal your individual life. Gideon, uh, in this story, is saying, where is God? Matter of fact, we'll read it in just a minute. Gideon says, where, where is the Lord? I can't find the Lord anywhere. Where I, I always heard about a whole bunch of miracles, Gideon says. Where are they? Where are those miracles? I mean, Gideon is, he gets really, really raw and open and he unloads his frustration. And can I tell you, God can handle that. Did you know God can handle it when you get frustrated? God's not going to turn his back on you when you get frustrated. And how many of you have ever been frustrated? You've been frustrated? And many of you have been frustrated about spiritual things. I've prayed and prayed and prayed. Why is that happening? I've asked God for this. I've asked God for that. I, I've tried to serve. I've tried to do everything God. Where is it? What's going on? You get frustrated. Uh, there's a place in uh, Psalms where David wrote, How long, O Lord, will you let my enemies rule over me? And he got honest with God. And The Bible says, now God may come back, and he will, and he'll come back just as strong as we are when we get frustrated. And when it's all said and done, you'll realize, as I have many times, it doesn't have anything to do with God. It's always a problem with me. It's always a problem with me we got a generation today that really doesn't expect God to do great things. They don't expect it. They talk like this. They may not say it, but their mindset is like, poor God. You know, he's not what he used to be. He doesn't have the power he used to have. No longer can the Lord save the multitudes and shake communities and churches. No longer is God able to turn the world upside down the way it was described of the church in the book of Acts. There are people probably who think maybe God's too old and maybe God's sick or maybe God's weak. The fact is if you talk about a spiritual revival in America today... And you and and like I'm preaching on it this morning, and and listen, let me tell y'all something. I, I went over this sermon over and over and over it, and every time I went over it, I got convicted. So I want you to know, as I'm delivering this message today, God has already wrecked my world, about my own life in this. but but our churches today, you preach on revival, you talk about revival. The other, I believe it was a Wednesday night not long ago, Brother Max shared a burden, a vision that God had kind of put in his heart about what we could do as a church. And a a lot of times all you get is a little sympathetic smile, you know, a little sympathetic smile. Nobody really says anything. And we continue on with our mindset, hold the fort, hold the fort till Jesus comes. I remember hearing an older preacher one time ask these questions, and I wrote them down in my Bible. Is God's hand feeble that it cannot move? Are God's ears heavy that they cannot hear? Are his eyes dull that he cannot see? No the Lord can see there's not one word of Scripture to indicate to us that there would ever come a day when our God would be weak, that our God would be any less formidable than He has ever been. Now, the Bible does say it's going to get more evil and more evil and more evil in the last days, but the Bible also says that God will never leave you, forsake you, and be all that you need Him to be. So I've come to the conclusion for my personal life that the only reason I don't have more spiritual strength is I haven't prayed for it, I haven't fasted for it, I haven't asked for it. I've got too many other things on my mind. I I, I admit to you before God this morning that I have put temporal things, things that are going to pass away I think we do this as we get older, but I put temporal things ahead of God. I've given more time to those things and thinking about those things than thinking about my calling from God than I got when I was 17 years old and was filled with the Holy Spirit and called to preach at the same moment. I don't think about that as much as I think about how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it all the way to the end? How long am I going to live? I find myself thinking about those things and getting bogged down with those things and the enemy using those kind of thoughts to discourage and to reflect you away or deflect you away from the Word of God. The fact is, boys and girls, there's never been a better time. There's never been a greater time. There's never been a greater need for the church to rise up Than the day we live in right now. Amen. I mean as you look at what's going on in the world around us. The church needs to rise up. It's time for the church to rise up. Hey it's time for me individually to rise up. And be that church. And understand that every hour of every day publicly or privately. I'm an ambassador of God. I'm a representative of God. I don't know what your occupation is. I I don't know what your paycheck comes from. But I will tell you this, nothing you do comes above your walk with the Lord. That is your first priority. Your walk with the Lord. Your spiritual strength. So let's go to the book of Judges, will you? And let's look at this man named Gideon. Judges chapter 6, verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord, remember I told you that in the Old Testament, when you read the phrase angel of the Lord, many great theologians, and, and when I say great theologians, I'm talking about Charles Spurgeon, I'm talking about Matthew Henry, I'm talking about modern day theologians people that really love god and know their bible believe that there's a real possibility that the angel of the lord when you hear that in the bible it is a pre-incarnate or pre-bethlehem appearance of jesus christ how many of y'all know jesus didn't come in bethlehem jesus always has been He's always been. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us in Hebrews that says that Jesus was here at the creation of the earth. Listen, get this theology. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Therefore, Jesus always has been and Jesus always will be. I'm glad I'm on the Jesus team. Amen. The other team's going to lose. I know it might look like right now they're winning, but they're not winning. They're going to lose. They're going to lose this battle. And we, the children of God, are going to win. So look at it. Now the angel of the Lord, could have been Jesus, came and sat under the terebinth or oak tree, which was in Ophrah. Aren't y'all proud of me in introducing these names and saying these things? I don't know if it's right, but I'm saying them. Which belonged to Joash the Ibizrite, while his son, who Gideon, threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites, so that tells you a lot of things right there. So the Midianites are the enemy, and I'll tell you more about the Midianites later. But the Midianites, the Midianites, were the the enemy of God, and uh, what they would do is they would wait. I want I want you people. Uh, who have ever farmed, or you know anything about farming, or you've worked on a farm, I want you to think about this. What they would do is they would wait until the Israelites had done all the hard work of the planting and the watering and the cultivating and the and the cultivation of the crops. And when the crop grew, and when the crop was ripe and hanging on the vine and ready to be harvest, harvested, those Midianites would come over the hillside and take their crop. Can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, I'm going to tell you now, that would make me mad. If I had done all that work, who knows farm work in here? So if I had done all that work in here, and every year, every year at harvest time, they would come over the hill and take our crop away from us. And all we were left with was what fell on the ground or what got stomped on. Or maybe there was a little fruit hanging on the tree they'd missed. That's all we lived on. And they got the crop. It happened every year. The Midianites would do this to the children of God, the Israelites. And so uh, Gideon, uh, I want you to notice this now. Look at his mindset. In his mind, he's already give up. It's happened so many times. They've been defeated so many times. He's already give up in his mind. So he's down in the wine press. And he's threshing wheat down in the winepress. And he he should have been up higher on another part of the apparatus there. And uh, threshing wheat up there. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But he was threshing wheat in the winepress, which was a lower level. And he was doing it to hide from the Midianites. Now... Now, Gideon is not again up on the threshing floor. That's the word I was trying to think of right there. He was not on the threshing floor. See, the threshing floor was in the wide open. So he would take the the wheat, y'all know about this probably, and they would just toss it in the air, and the wind would blow the chaff away, and the good seed would fall on the ground. And he was down in the wine press doing that. And really, what he should have been, he should have been up on the threshing floor doing that. And then the good seed would have fallen down into the wine press area. But, but the Bible says he was already down there because he's hiding. The wine press is down, the threshing floor is up. Gideon was down hiding. Look at verse 12. And the angel of the Lord, there it is again, appeared to him. Now he was sitting over by the oak tree. I guess he's just watching. So now he appears to Gideon. And he said to him, I know Gideon wanted to bust out laughing. The Lord is with you. Have you ever been down and then you run into one of these real happy people? Huh, have you ever been just kind of discouraged and everything you touch, is it breaks, and you know, it's like I was telling you a while ago, everything could go wrong, did go wrong, and then you run into one of these happy Christians. Praise the Lord, how are you? I ain't good, that's what I want to say. And and so I imagine Gideon's kind of you know Gideon's there he's down he's hiding he's in the he's in the wine press he's supposed to be up on the threshing floor and this angel of the Lord appears to him and goes the Lord is with you And Gideon goes yeah right And not only is the Lord with you but I'd like to tell you you're a mighty man of valor <laughs> I don't know if y'all see what I see but I just see I just see Gideon, he's threshing wheat. And this happy believer is saying, Oh, the Lord is with you. And, uh, uh, you know, you're a mighty man of valor. And he's going, Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Gideon was scared to death. Gideon did not feel like a mighty man of valor. That was the last thing he felt like. He was petrified. Look at verse 13. So Gideon, boy, he starts letting it all come out. He's frustrated. He don't understand God. He don't understand the part of the Bible that's been written that he no, he don't understand it. He don't get it. And boy, he's about to let it all come out. Look at verse thirteen. And Gideon said unto him, "Oh my Lord! Look what he calls that angel of the Lord. Look what he called him. I don't believe he would say that to an angel." Because you're not supposed to worship angels. If anybody tells you they fell down at the feet of the angels and begin to worship, they got their theology messed up. You don't worship angels. Amen? You worship God. He said, Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us. So Gideon's already questioning what this angel of the Lord has said. If the Lord is with us, why then, why has all this happened to us? Y'all ever felt like that? And where are all the miracles which our fathers told us about? Where are they? I've been taught. I went to Sunday school. You know, Gideon didn't go to Sunday school, but you know what I'm saying. Went to Sunday school, went to Royal Rangers all my life, went to gyms all my life. And uh, I've heard story after story after story of miracles, miracles, miracles. And then our teachers always told us, and God will do a miracle for us. Well, where are those miracles? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? Yes, he did. But now that we're out of Egypt, the Lord has what? Forsaken us. And delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe, I I gotta tell you, I know denominations, That act like that. Can I say that? I know churches. That are at this place. Where is God? They don't come right out and say it. But you can tell in the atmosphere in their worship service. You can tell when you talk to them. And interact with them. One believer to another. They're very frustrated. They're very discouraged. They're doubting God. They're doubting God's love, they're doubting God will fulfill His promises. You can get like that as an individual Christian, and you can get like that as a church, and you can get like that as a denomination. You really can. People say, well, wasn't it wonderful back in the old days? I, I got to tell you something, man. There's nothing wrong with talking about the old days, but when that's all you talk about, you got a problem we ought to be having God do things in our midst that our children are going to talk about. We ought to be having miracles of God happening in our church that our children stand. And it blesses my heart when I hear you, Brother Mac, does this, and tears well up and emotions rise when you think about what God did. I'm the same way. It ought to be like that. There should be something we can look back on and be moved and motivated and fired up by that. Do our children have that? Do our children, can our children 40, 50 years down the road stand in this same pulpit if the Lord hasn't come and talk about what God did? What they saw God do. Amen? Amen. Can they call names? Of people that impacted them and changed their lives. Here's Gideon waiting on God. But the truth is, God is waiting on Gideon. Gideon is waiting on God, he thinks. But God's flipping it on him and go, Gideon, I've been waiting. I've been waiting on you, bruh. I don't think bruh is in the Bible, but y'all know what I mean. Look at verse 14 look what he says then who then the Lord turned to him and said go in this might of yours and what he's talking about there is the might I'm giving you I'm going to make you mighty if you go in your own might I've tried that you've probably tried it too if you've been a Christian any length of team any length of time that's a sad place to be in your own might isn't it You ever tried to preach in your own might? Have you ever tried to teach in your own might? Have you ever tried to do godly things without the anointing of God on you? It's a heavy work. It's a heavy load. And he says to Gideon here, go in this might of yours that I'm going to give you. And I'm telling you, Gideon, you what? Might. Might. There's a possibility. No, you what? Will. You shall. You shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Gideon's literally paralyzed with fear. And he's mad. And he's frustrated. And he's upset. But God calls him a man of valor. And God speaks of his might. You know what I believe? I believe God will make us men and women of valor. And I believe God will put upon us his might and his power. Look at verse 15. So Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, there it is again, How can I save Israel? I'm nobody. Indeed, my clan, my tribe, is the weakest in Manasseh. Manasseh was a tribe. He said, my my clan within that tribe, we're we're the the weakest ones. And I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to Gideon, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to... Put my power on you and in you, Gideon, and I want you to quit doubting. I'm going to use you if you will let me. God says, Gideon, I've got a job for you to do. I will make you what you need to be to do that job. I will make you what you need to be. And I have to remember that sometimes. I get asked to do things sometimes that I'm very, very nervous about, and I have very little confidence about. I, I, I occasionally get called to speak at a conference or 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 fly to another part of the country and and tell the, uh, stories of uh, of ministry and 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 give ideas and thoughts of what other churches might be able to do. and And here's how that conversation goes. I get that call. It's, uh, it's uh, some great denominational leader. Have you ever noticed denominational leaders have a regular voice and then they have a denominational voice? Have you all noticed? Brother Farrell. Yes? Sound like you swallowed a steeple. You know what I mean? We need you to come and speak to our pastors. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm honored. I'm honored. The minute I hang that phone up, I go, what in the world did I just tell them I'd go do I'm, I'm not kidding you. Immediately after I'm honored by the phone call, after that, I start sweating. I start saying, What am I gonna tell them? What am I gonna say? What am I gonna do? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like I, I don't I, I don't know if God I can do this thing or not? And Gideon says, Lord, do you realize who you're talking to? Of all the tribes of Israel, my tribe is the least, and of all the families in the tribe, my family's the poorest. And of all the children in the family, he says, I'm the run of the litter. I mean, of all the people you could have picked, Lord, I I would have been the last one. Really, Lord, to tell you the truth, I shouldn't even have been on your list. I shouldn't have even been there. God says, Gideon, I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you. I've chosen you for a particular reason. Don't dare insult God by saying, God, you can't use me. You can't use somebody like me. Don't you dare insult God by saying that about yourself. Who am I, God? I'm a nobody. Here's a fearful farmer, but God saw him as a man of valor. God doesn't see us as we are. He sees us for what we can be. Do y'all hear me? Do y'all hear me? He sees you for what He can make out of you. Let me close this sermon. Jump down, if you will, to verse 34. And we're going to see the answer to the whole problem. We're in Judges, what chapter did I tell you? I know, I just want to see if y'all knew. Yep, Judges 6. Look at verse 34. Here it is. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. That's it. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Doesn't say Gideon took a a few quick courses. (laughs) Doesn't say he went to a class for six weeks. I'm not against any of those things. I'm not against any of those things. Understand me. Education's important. What we're teaching these kids, it's all important. What I'm teaching right now is very, very important. It's all important. But nothing, nothing comes close to the empowerment of the Holy Spirit on your life. I know some brilliant preachers, I know some smart preachers And they can put some words together that amaze me. But you know the difference in an anointed person and a person who just has the knowledge. Don't you? The Spirit of the Lord. The Hebrew, when you study the Hebrew right there, the Hebrew means the Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. You know, I kind of always thought about putting on the Holy Spirit. But that isn't what the Bible says. The Bible says the Holy Spirit put Gideon on like a coat. In other words, he got inside Gideon. He got inside him. That's what that means right there. How would you like for God to wear you like a suit? Everybody pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord, wear me like a suit and wear me out amen. Amen, wear me like a suit. I want to get I want you to get in me, God. I want you to get inside of me. It's not the man or the woman, it's God in the man. God in the woman. If you take uh, if you make yourself available, God will put you on like a suit of clothes and use you in a mighty way. Let's look at that last verse one more time, or the first verse I read, actually. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. For you see your calling. Everybody say this. For I see my calling. Now listen to the rest of it. Brethren and sisters, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. God wants to call you. What's God saying today? He's saying, Pharaoh, it's not the scholarship. It's the relationship. He's saying, Pharaoh Hardison, it's not your ability. It is your availability. He's saying, I want you to get this, Pharaoh. And he's told me over and over and over. It's not fame, young man. It's faith. That's what he's telling Gideon. He's saying, Gideon, it doesn't matter how you see yourself. I want you to see yourself with me upon you, with my spirit upon you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him. And then it says, uh, when you study the original language, it says the Holy Spirit put Gideon on. I mean, I mean, uh, the Holy Spirit was in inside of Gideon. One writer said this, and I'm done. Let's all stand, would you? But I want you to listen to what this writer said. And this touched my heart when I read it, and I said, I want Pine Level to hear this. It is not so much the violin that makes the music, but it is the man drawing the bow. You know what I brought with me today? A glove, which is something we do not need today at all. But I thought about how I'm, I'm like this glove, and you're like this glove. And I'm going to tell you, it's, this is a leather glove. Somebody gave it to me. I'd never buy a leather glove. All the gloves I own are leatherette. <laughs> so, so this is a leather glove. And, you know, it's nice, and it's stitched nice, and, man, it is, it is real. I've wore it a couple times. It's got to be mighty cold if you see me with a pair of gloves on. But, but that glove is no good. It's no good. That glove cannot do a single thing. I mean, I could get up in the morning and lay it down and put, it, put the mate right beside it and go, Now, look, gloves. The grass needs mowing. So when I come out here, I'm going to go in the house. I'm going to take a shower and get dressed. When I come back, I want not front yard mow. You say, Pastor, that's absurd. It is absurd. We're like a glove, we're just like that right there. We're nothing. But when God gets in us, When God gets inside of us, when we let God work in us and through us, when God clothes himself with us, great things can be done through our life. Amen? Amen. I don't want you to believe it about this church. I don't want you to believe it about yourself that all we can talk about is the past. I love the past. I'm a part of the past of this church. You all gave me a chance to preach when I didn't know how to preach. Some of you I know are thinking, you still don't. Yes, I do. Too. I love the past. The Bible uh, uh, accentuates saying to the children, it talks about putting the stones. Remember the stones? Uh, the monument of the stones, so the children will say, What is that for? And then you could tell the children the story of how the children of Israel were brought out of Egypt. So the Bible is important. The Bible says it's important to remember your heritage and remember those days gone by. But boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you something. We're building that for another generation right now. We're building it for our children right now. I want our children. I want these little boys and girls up here and all the ones that are in kids' church. and How about Bible school? All those kids. To be able to say, I remember when God moved in our church. I remember when people were getting saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit. I remember seeing God heal. And there are some stories they can tell. But how many of y'all would agree with me that I want more stories? I want greater stories. I want bigger stories. I want undeniable stories that our children can tell. There's going to be a day they'll be laying the groundwork for their children. Amen. Am I making any sense this morning? God wants to use you, He wants to do great things through you. Can we come to the front? Will you come walk up here as a sign of your commitment? Just walk forward. If you have to go, uh, please go quietly. But if you can, give God a few more minutes. Just walk up here to the front and And just come and just say, God, I'm available. You you might even say, if you're honest, God, I don't know how in the world you use me. I can't think of anything I'm really good at. I, I can't think of much I've ever accomplished, really. Maybe that's how you feel. I think if you come up saying something like that, God's going to show you. He's going to reveal to you that you're more precious, more valuable than you think you are. God's going to speak to you. And we're going to see God speak to Gideon. I'm telling you, uh, this is going to get a lot better. This sermon's going to get a lot better. But I wanted to let you know Gideon's battle. Gideon's going to do great things. And we're going to see Gideon do some things that that maybe you didn't even know were in the Bible. Maybe you didn't even know this whole story. You're You're going to say, that's unbelievable. That's some kind of fairy tale. But it's not a fairy tale. What we'll study is real. All I want to leave you with today is God wants to use you. God wants to do things through you. Stop doubting yourself. Stop putting yourself down. And look to God and say, God, though I don't see it, I don't understand it, I don't know how the world you do it, but I'm available. I'm available. Jesus, use me. Use me, Lord, to build your kingdom do your will in this world. Amen. Will you make yourself available today? Father, let the Holy Spirit that rested upon Gideon rest on us. Holy Spirit of God, rest on us. And not only rest on us, but put us on. Put us on like a coat, Lord. Get inside of us. Deal with our mind. Deal with our heart. Lord, wake us up out of our lethargy. Wake us up out of our slothfulness. Wake us up, God, out of our drowsiness. Wake us up, Lord, in these last days. I think the effect of the last days instead of firing us up has caused us to become discouraged. And we need to to come on up out of that, Lord. We need to stop looking at the news and and uh, and start spending more time in the Bible and spending more time in prayer. What would you have Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church do in Pine Level? What would you have us do in this county? What impact do you want us to have? Convict us of our sin, God. Convict us of our laziness. Convict us, Lord, of just being satisfied with less than the best. God, let us be stirred up in our deep part of our soul. To do your will in these last days. Because we're going to give an account. We're going to give an account. We're going to give an account. For what we've done with our lives. If we're like Gideon. Deal with us the way you dealt with Gideon. Do great things through us Lord. Don't let us sleep at night. Wake us up in the night. And remind us of our role. Our calling. In the name of Jesus. Amen.
4: If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Take my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Use me. Take my hands, Lord, and my feet. Take my heart, Lord, speak to me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me.
1: The Pine Level Pentecost Genius Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.